Today is Wednesday, March 2nd, and you're listening to the morning announcements presented by Betches Media. I'm Sammy Sage. The State of the Union was last night, complete with the usual heckling, audience reaction gaffes, and Republicans who refused to clap for things like taking lead out of children's drinking water. Before we get serious, let's talk seating chart. This was the first time that two women have sat behind the president during a State of the Union, which has now set the bar for this Women's History Month. Some notables who sat in Jill Biden's special first lady section were the Ukrainian ambassador Oksana Markarova and the former Facebook employee turned whistleblower Francis Haugen. Are we perhaps telegraphing something to Mark Zuckerberg by seating Haugen with the opposition to Putin, currently the world's most hated man? And in what can only be considered the congressional equivalent of peacocking, Joe Manchin sat with the Republicans. Biden's speech lasted about an hour, and he focused on pretty much every issue you can think of. He emphasized classic themes like freedom over tyranny and called on us to use this moment to reset and not make COVID political anymore. Most of the speech consisted of shout outs to his policy objectives, such as Get ready because I'm about to list out a ton of shit. Fighting inflation, protecting transgender rights, cutting prescription drug prices, bringing back buy in America requirements for public spending, making the wealthy pay more taxes, protecting the right to reproductive choice, regulations for big tech, expanding childcare, elder care, pre K education, new climate change initiatives, and funding the police, which should be fun to watch the Republicans try to campaign against. And of course, Biden talked about Russia. He received a standing ovation from both sides of the aisle, yes, even the Republicans, when he promised to fiercely go after the assets of Russian oligarchs. He also announced that the U.S. is banning Russian flights from its airspace after a day filled with high-precision strikes in Ukraine and more allusions to nuclear arms by Putin. So now let's get into the invasion. According to the British Defense Ministry, Ukrainian forces continue to hold the major cities of Kharkiv, Kherson, and Mariupol, but all three are now likely encircled by Russian forces, and attacks have been intensifying. The 40-mile Russian convoy that's heading toward Kiev has stalled about 20 miles north of the city, and is apparently being hampered by fuel and food shortages. Seriously, did someone forget to pack snacks? Russian forces also attacked Kiev's main television and radio tower, as well as the Babin Yar Holocaust Memorial Center in Kiev, killing at least five people. That site is meaningful because it marks the location where Nazi killing squads murdered more than 33,000 Jews over the course of two days in 1941. And yet Putin claims his invasion is about denazification. Sure, Jan. On the diplomatic side, U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said that the group of seven major economies will convene a task force to focus on freezing and seizing assets of key Russian elites. And the good old capitalism has come through yet again. Apple says that it has paused all product sales in Russia, truly cementing their pariah status by becoming a green texter. And in news that will affect all of three people, DirecTV is also dropping the Russian state media channel RT America from their service. Don't freak out. You can get the same propaganda on Twitter. And while we are on the topic of Russia, now would probably be a good time to bring up an adjacent story that will definitely provide some insight into Russian tactics, 
A new report from Democrats on the Senate Finance Committee alleges that top officials at the NRA knew that Russians were using their ties to the group to try to bolster their status with American lawmakers, specifically Republicans, so that they could curry favor with the potential winner of the 2016 presidential election. GOP political operative Paul Erickson, whose name may ring a bell as the boyfriend of Maria Butina, a Russian operative who enlisted Erickson to help her convince the new NRA president, Peter Brownell, to come to Moscow. Erickson wrote the following to him in 2015. Russia believes that high-level contacts with the NRA might be the best means of neutral introduction to either the next American president or to a meaningful reset in relations with the Congress under a God-forbid President Clinton. So basically, he was suggesting that Trump would be the next American president. Brownell actually did take that trip to Moscow, and though he did not meet with Putin, the NRA footed the bill for their travel so that they could go under the cover of a nonprofit group in order to meet with sanctioned individuals and entities in Russia. I really think this story needs to be a lot more popular. On Monday, the Senate blocked even the mere possibility of voting on a bill called the Women's Health Protection Act, which would protect the right to abortion in federal law and block many of the abortion restrictions that have passed in several states, such as mandatory waiting periods, anti-abortion counseling, and restrictions on clinics. The bill passed the House last September, meaning that all it needed was this little chance at a Senate vote. However, thanks to all 50 Republicans and their senatorial whipping boy Joe Manchin, there won't even be a vote on it. Between Joe Manchin's seating choice and his voting record, the Democratic majority feels about as real as Antifa. More legislation from Monday. The House of Representatives voted overwhelmingly for the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act, which would make lynching a federal hate crime punishable by up to 30 years in prison. Three Republicans voted against it. Representatives Andrew Clyde, Thomas Massey, and Chip Roy. So, which I guess makes them pro-lynching. I should add that before this, Congress has failed to pass an anti-lynching bill almost 200 times. So maybe the 201st time's the charm. But in 2005, the Senate did approve a resolution to apologize for failing to pass anti-lynching legislation. So consider this the government equivalent of an ex sliding into your DMs after he's gone to therapy. Although that was in 2005, when shouting, you lie, was maybe the biggest offense to happen on Capitol grounds. And that has since changed, obviously. And finally for today, Beto O'Rourke won the Democratic nomination for governor in the Texas primary election. He will be running against incumbent Governor Greg Abbott. Texans, you know who to vote for if you'd like to have working heat. Thank you for listening to the morning announcements. If you are enjoying this show, you can now rate it five stars on Spotify or leave me a review if you are listening on Apple Podcasts. Any review you leave means so much to me and to the growth of the show. And if there's an episode that you particularly enjoy and it really makes you laugh, feel free to share it on your Instagram story, tag at Sammy, tag at the Betches Sup, and I will do my best to share them. And as always, if you want to learn more about any of these stories, links to source articles are in the show notes. Or you can tune into the Betches Sup podcast where we go more in depth on these topics daily. Until tomorrow, I'm Sammy Sage, and now you know what the fuck is going on. Betches.